Hey everybody, my name is Ethix. My name is T. And, and welcome, welcome to, to Fearful, Fearful Thoughts. Hey everybody, how you guys doing today? Welcome back everybody. And uh, happy holidays, it's getting to that time of year. Yeah it is, happy holidays. And speaking of the holidays, you know, this time of the year can be rough for people who... Um, experiencing depression and thank you the words just kind of like popped out of my head for a second um yeah that that suffer from depression and issues like that and so you know we just want to give a shout out you know if you are suffering from that um you know speak out people are there to help you whether you want to believe it or not and if you have a friend or family member that suffers from severe depression you know reach out to them Especially this time of the year, especially this year with how fucked up everything's been. Oh, God. You know, with the whole COVID thing, you know, that, that really adds to people's depression. So Yeah, depression and anxiety go hand in hand. So anybody that is out there, and hell, even if you guys want to give a shout out to us and just say, hey, what's up? And, you know, just tell us what you've been going through. I, I would be down to listen. I'm always in support of that. Definitely. We're here for anybody, you know, or listen. you guys listen to us, we'd listen to you. Oh, 100%. You you listen to our fucking shenanigans, then. Yes. We'll, we'll definitely listen to what, what's going on with you guys. Yeah. And so, not to make things, like, kind of sad and depressing, but just wanted to give a quick little PSA and shout out, you know, that, you know, there are people out there that want to help. No, I, I think that's very nice. I, I really do. And I um, 100% agree that it, uh, it needs to be... Uh, recognized and it needs to be uh, just out there because I, I, people, people a lot more yeah yeah sorry I was gonna say pe- people don't you know feel the need to express what's really going on and it it's really hard and it is and unfortunately a lot of times especially this time of the year it results in suicide because these people think that's the only way out and so you know we just wanted to do a quick little thing saying hey reach out yeah definitely i would i would appreciate and love that a lot honestly so yeah no good idea and very good mention for sure um so now on a lighter note now on a lighter (laughs) note uh speaking of messaging us and uh talking with us how come how come i see all these people on here huh and no one wants to come hang out with us. That's some bullshit. Right? Like, what <laughs> no, the just, fuck? I'm come just, on, people. We want to hear from you. Yeah, no kidding. Like, how many people we got now? Uh, we, we are on 28 people, and I won't leave anybody out. I want to give a big shout-out and thanks to people from over in Dallas, Texas, uh, over in Virginia, uh, Washington State, our homeland, and Pennsylvania. And we have people from the U.K., Really? Yeah, and not only that, we got people in the New South Wales of Australia. So shout out to them! Wow, like holy cow! I never thought we would uh, reach people that far away. I know it's pretty crazy. I mean, twenty-eight people. Uh, it might seem small, but you twenty-eight people, I would, you know, even hey, if they would be fu- happy if it's just you guys forever and ever. Yeah, I, exactly. Like if even if there were like two or three people, we're gonna give the best that we got in every episode that we give. So. Thank you guys for supporting us. But, yeah, seriously, download the Anchor app and get on there and voice message us and ask a question. Just say hi. Whatever you guys want to do, it would mean the world. 
and it's just a lot of fun. We'll play your guys' message on every episode. And if you guys just want to get out here and um, yeah, have an idea f- uh, for a future episode, something that you guys would personally like to see, that would be amazing for you guys to just come out and reach out and say, hey, motherfucker, I want to hear this. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, and even just like to give some feedback and some criticism on voice, you know, that'd be great too. Oh, yeah, no, any criticism is good criticism. But speaking of messages, um, we we actually have one. Wait, you're holding out on me? Yes, yes, sorry. Oh, uh, this bastard. one was sent to me personally. Um, oh, so she, you're the favorite. <laughs> definitely. You know how that goes. That's uh, this comes from a good friend, Kelly, who I've known for years. Oh, nice. Uh, Hi, Kelly. Her, her and her family. Great people. Um this has to do with our last episode when we were talking about Pennywise and Freddy Krueger. Okay. Uh, she says that there may be a third It movie coming out in like 2022 or 2023 where Pennywise has reproduced and the main characters of that movie are doing something with the eggs all over town. Wow, that would actually be a really interesting uh, I'd, movie. Yeah, I'd love to see that. I mean, to see the continuation of Pennywise's story. That'd be awesome. It's just a fucking clown, <laughs> right? But no, that, the that's dancing really cool. clown. Oh, crazy motherfucker! <laughs> yeah, we we definitely need a break dancing Pennywise. Uh, hell no, not yes. not here. C- c- come on, come on, a break dancing Pennywise. We do like, uh, what, what are those dance what, movies? The floss? No, oh, no, no movies. No. Yeah, where they go, they battle. I, I don't know. I, I yeah, don't watch yeah. any of that. Fred, well, I, I, well, I have teenage daughters. Or well, have teenage thing, daughters, okay? The only so. thing that came up to my mind was, like, the 80s dirty dancing. Ooh. Like, this is the only thing that, like, popped in my head. Or Footloose, maybe. Oh, okay, okay, come on, fair. Come on, come on, come on. Uh, Kevin Bacon. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah, can't, yeah. can't you go can't, wrong. Right? Kevin Bacon's amazing. Okay, fair. Yeah, but not in clown form. I I, I don't know. No, about no, that. no. But I'm thinking Pennywise. The next battle can be Pennywise breakdancing versus Freddy Krueger breakdancing. Well, I don't Come know. On. Freddy Krueger's got the bars. He's got the bars. He does, but uh, Pennywise has got the moves. Uh, I, like I, a come on, fucking idiot. Maybe <laughs> he gets them. I don't know. <laughs> come on, come out. on, come on, people. Message us and tell us what you think. Weigh in on this. <laughs> so, to get into what the episode is today, um, well, did you get the memo of this week's episode? Did, did I tell you, or did I just let you go and survive your yeah, own? Yeah, yeah. You, you said that we were going to do one on um, cryptids. Cri- no, 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 no. Well, yes, but n- no, no. Uh, what? So, <laughs> so, you did all this research for nothing? So, uh, basically, I'm going to carry the show this week. You're getting fired this week. Son of a bitch. <laughs> God damn it. Um, you need to fire your secretary. I don't have a secretary. There's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, this week's episode, we got uh, aliens, alien abductions, and not the movie. We're literally going into space and fucking finding... Like with, with UFOs and stuff? Yeah. With, like cool shit you know sweet yeah mr ufology over there i i probably botched that but it's okay <laughs> hey we're we're all about making fun of ourselves here yeah i'm, I'm doing i'm doing all right but uh 
<laughs> what do you what do you think though? You uh you've been probed lately or uh I can neither confirm nor deny. Oh. Okay. Of the probing. Well, well that's that's good to know. Um I may or may not have been the one doing the probing. <laughs> you, you, that just reminds me of that episode of Family Guy where it's like the cutback of Quagmire and the spaceship, and he's like, "So you guys, uh, you guys still have that probe thing?" <laughs> they're like, "No." He's all like, "Oh, damn it!" <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so that that, that kind of reminded me of that. But uh, uh, yeah, that's what we're doing today: aliens, fucking big olive-fingered I- gray bastards. Interestingly enough, though, there are multiple aliens that have been sighted through the years. The greys are the most popularly known. Yeah, they're... But there are other versions, like, um... I don't have any pictures with me or anything, but... Marvin the Martian. (laughs) (laughs) Mars attacks. Yeah. (laughs) Um... No, I, I know what you're talking about. There's there are different variations on different species that have been shown. Yeah, and especially, you know, if you dig into history, you know, like Egypt and stuff, it's some, I say some because some people do believe that the depictions on their drawings and stuff are their, their gods, like Ra the sun god and mm. stuff like that are actually aliens well yeah with like uh hieroglyphics and stuff like that too i i've seen a lot that was the word i was looking for was hieroglyphics oh and i said pictures i it you know, fucking god damn it no i'm just kidding uh no no i i um i've seen a lot of that like ancient aliens have you ever seen or heard of that show i love that show it, it's a good show like and they really, really go is. in in depth of all the um, uh, just history of sightings and and uh, depictions of quote unquote gods and what they were originally like. Mm-hmm. I have some stuff today um, that takes us back to like fucking biblical times. Ooh! So I I have some stuff that uh, takes us to the pyramids. Ooh! Yeah! No! Yeah! Pyramids. And then I do have one story in here. Um. It was I I saw this. It it was back in the early nineties and it was shown on T V and then like disappeared and you couldn't see it ever like anywhere. Oh, that's the one that you actually saw in person, like the the I saw the tape when it was ran on T V when I was a little kid. Holy shit. I actually saw it. And and it just And and we'll talk about it. There's a whole th- there's a lot going on. With okay, it. okay, I'll I'll leave that. I'll leave that for so. But I've bit. I've been into aliens and UFOs since I was just a youngster. Um, Unsolved mysteries, I think, is probably my first mm. encounter with seeing it. That I love that show. I think my one of my first movies um, that I saw with aliens or their depictions, which I think was a depiction of the greys, that species, was uh, Signs with Mel Gibson. Oh, that, that was a good movie. It was a great movie. I really loved it. Yeah, no, I, I and probably one of the, uh, uh, what do I want to say? Uh, it's a cult classic. Oh, well, yeah, very scary. And at that time, like, it was considered to be one of the scariest ones of the year. It was, yes, I would agree. So it's still, like, just, just the way it was done. I mean, well, honestly, 
truth be told, I don't really care for the guy, uh, M. Night. Shyamalan? Yeah. Did I, say, did I even say that right? I, I don't know. I You're botched, like, I don't even fucking his, care I that much. Last, <laughs> I botch his name all the time because I can't pronounce it right. But just some of his other movies, like, I yeah. really didn't care for. But that particular one, he, I, I loved it. Yeah, the out of all the movies, like, I don't know, the fuck up of The Last Airbender. Yeah, fuck you, M. Night Shyamalan. How about The Village? Oh, God, the, yeah. The I mean, tr- come on. Tragedy of movies <laughs> that, that, that was you're making. Like, it was like he got to the end of the of writing the script and was like, how do I end this? Oh, well, they just lived like 600 feet from a freeway. Yeah. Like, seriously, come on. It was the stupidest idea. I'm sorry. It was so dumb. It, it was a good idea the, overall until you got to the end of the movie. And then you got to that part and it's like, what the fuck happened? Yeah, no, exactly. Like, I think... Just irritating. Like but, he had writer's block or something. But anyways, moving on. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, what do you got for us this week? So, I've got this unusual horror fact. Unusual. Um, yes. Um. The past couple ones ha- that we've been doing have been movie related. Yeah. This one is not. Is it cryptid? No, it's actually has to do with moss. What? Yes. <laughs> okay. That is uh, very surprisingly. I, I don't even know what to say. told you it was interesting. <laughs> okay. So, did you know, hundreds of years ago, when people died on the battlefield or elsewhere outside, their bodies often just lay there until they rotted away. Okay. As they decomposed, their skulls would start to grow a moss called Asnia. Asnia? Asnia. People believe that this mosque contained the spiritual qualities of the fallen soldiers and that they would gather it up as medicine. Apparently, Uznia that grew on hanged men's skulls was seen as the most effective. That's kind of fucking nasty, to be honest. Right? Like, you're, you're eating dead dude at that point. Yeah, no shit. You have no idea how long he's been dead. I mean, obviously, long enough that he's decomposed and moss has been growing on him, but... Uh, and his skulls... Uh, fucking what's the word i'm looking for his skull's exposed so yeah. it that's fucking nasty and this is like medieval times and like even yeah oh, and wow. and that is believed to you know give you the spiritual qualities of that fallen soldier so what you're when saying you eat it so 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 what you're saying is if uh this fallen soldier soldier had like a big dick and i ate that moss am i gonna grow a big dick or is there no that, cure that, for my that, problem? That's that's what was believed. <laughs> that was that's what was believed. Oh, okay. But you know, science probably proved that wrong. God damn it! But was... you know, that's a very interesting thing, and that kind of plays back to like that um, episode we did of the witches. You know, where they believed that certain things had certain healing properties. No, well, so I, I, it was kind of an inter- interesting thing. Like I said, it was kind of off the beaten path, not what we've been doing with movie tr- um, facts. Okay, no, I, I, that's very intriguing and very interesting. Actually, I that was a cool random horror fact of the week. Yeah, I, I do be, I do be said, I, I do be said. I fucking listen to me. <laughs> like, wow, I think he's been drinking well, just sh- a little bit. Sh- I added on alcoholism sharing. with my porn addiction. 
I have uh, I have another fun little two truths and a lie for you today. Ooh. So this one is probably going to fuck you up. I'm just going to say. Uh, this one, you aren't going to guess. Again, you have not I, gotten, I, I know. I haven't gotten any of them. Streak. Yeah. So, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna redeem myself one of these days. One of these days, we'll see if it's I'm not today. sure when, but one of these days. Okay. Um. So first up, we got John Edmonds. Uh, put his Arizona ranch up for sale after enduring years of violent alien ca- encounters. Edmonds claims that uh, since he and his wife moved in 1995, they've seen portals and extraterrestrial beings and that creatures attempted to abduct his wife. Edmonds even claims to have killed several greys with a samurai sword. Dude, that's pretty badass if that's true. Yeah. Like, come on. It's not Samurai Jack. It's Samurai John. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so then we got uh, number two with Jesse Long claims to have been adu- abducted by aliens multiple times. The first ad- event happened in 1957 when he was just five years old. Long says that he has been taken into various alien spaceships uh, to be probed and tested by tall, slender creatures. Long says he's even been forced to have sex with alien females so they can produce hybrid children. Um, <laughs> and then we got uh, number three. Grant Danvers told people he was abducted on many occasions, but on one particular time that Grant was abducted, he said that they probed his prostate and continued to do so until he passed out from the pain, only to wake up as they gave him a full medical biopsy and told Grant that uh, he should remain calm and that after they were finished it would feel just like a dream grant then woke up the next morning and still had some memory uh he wrote it down huh so um i don't know if the name is accurate or not but the jesse long claim i heard a story on another podcast i listened to uh, where they talked about something like that, where this guy was forced to have sex with a female alien, Jesus. and he was waiting for his hybrid children to show back up. I mean, is it really forced at that point? <laughs> well, he was in his bed asleep next to his wife, and this I, thing just I, like hey, floated him up to her. Hey, if your fucking wife can't uh, accept the fact that you're trying to procreate with extraterrestrial beings, and you have fucking proof, like... Then fuck that. Like, get rid of her. Like, yeah. honest, honest, I don't uh, know. <laughs> and, and so, oh, quick shout out. That podcast is uh, Scared to Death. Oh, God, I love Dan Cummins, dude. Right? Shout out to Dan Cummins and Scared to Death. And his wife, Lindsay. Fuck it. Dude, they are those, so Those funny. guys do, I, I would say that they're kind of an inspiration for this uh, on my part, you know? Yeah, I, I would say that I, I feel like I took the inspiration also in... And, and put it into this because I, I honest to God I love that podcast yeah th- those two are phenomenal together um, I love it when he's reading a story and she's like you just need to get the fuck out GTFO get the fuck out <laughs> it's amazing um, yeah they were definitely an inspiration and but we wanted to do something slightly different here oh yeah to not take away from theirs because I mean there's they're phenomenal oh 100% I adore them and so I, I like i said i don't know that that name is right it could be but i know that the story is because i remember that from that podcast okay so um if i had to go with any of them as a lie 
I would e I don't know the samurai sword kind of gets me I'm almost thinking that that's the why mm-hmm. but then and I don't mean to be too rude about it but there's some fucking weird ass people out there that I could totally see doing that too so <laughs> I, I you know <laughs> no seriously there's some fucking weirdos out there and crackheads um you know but i'm gonna stick with i'm gonna go with uh c as the lie c is the lie yeah final answer final answer you are correct holy shit <laughs> holy shit so my so my gut told me to go with the samurai sword and i went totally against my gut because the last few times it led me straight you know if you're ever lost in the desert and your gut's telling you to do something don't fucking listen (laughs) that's exactly if it says water's this way i'm going the other way yeah (laughs) um yeah no i i made that up 100 percent. but a motherfucker with a samurai sword like dude that i i totally see where the bodies i have have samurai swords i that's what i'm saying so i would totally do that if they if they showed up I have a little battle axe hanging <laughs> on my wall too. I would like fuck those aliens up. The the thing that trips me out is that his his claim is that he's killed several of these beings. Where are the bodies? You know what I mean? Where's the proof? If right. that was me, I would have been chomping shit up and been like, click, 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 click. Right. Come test this shit out. Come over here, government. Yeah, I like, mean, I, I would know. be like, I don't know if I'd involve the government per se. But I would definitely, definitely call my local news company. But like, you guys have to come see this, and bring a biologist and whoever you need to to help prove that this is a legitimate thing. See, I think it would be harder for you to do. And the only reason why I say that is because since you run a haunted house, people might think it's a hoax. Oh yeah, yeah. For me, it would definitely be a hoax. And 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 that's the one thing is back in the what does it say 95 yeah in the 90s you know there was all the bigfoot hysteria going on i mean there still is well yeah still but i mean it was really big back then it it seems to kind of die down a little bit because back then you didn't have the internet no it was it was a baby it was an infant um (laughs) it was super super slow um whereas now you know you got the internet you got can't you got cameras on your phones so i mean back then you had to either carry a camera or something like that to be able to snap a picture of your evidence see the thing that gets me the most so as you guys remember last week when we had our uh judge guest guest judge i don't know how to fucking say that anyway um so he personally I, I think the question uh, that we were having, because we were watching, I don't know if anybody watches the Nukes Top 5 um, ghosts and stuff like that. Like, he does a lot of paranormal stuff. Anyway, um, so we watched that a lot together, him and I, because we're good friends. And uh, he always wonders why people have their cameras out at the right time and are able to snap a shot of what's going on. And I tell him, I will, like, maybe it's because people are hearing this shit and they want video proof of what's going on. So, and you know, they're not just already having it out. They're hearing this prior and then they grab out their phone. Oh, and or, or, you know, if they are out there hunting for it, okay, they're trying yeah. to be prepared, you know, like for anything to happen. Like, so they get this one picture of, of Bigfoot or whatever it is, right? Yeah. So they, they have this one picture of it. 
but what they're not showing you is like the 600 pictures of absolutely nothing that they took prior because they heard something in a bush and they turn and take a quick picture like you you know so they're or video same thing with the video well and, and you really have to have to think about that because like you can have that one picture that's like of bigfoot we can use that as an example and because he's you have real those, those 600 uh, 600 other pictures are you gonna show the other 600 fucking pictures of nothing no like what's the point in like that's what you want to show that's what you're going to show like Exa- exactly but that's what i'm saying though you know so a lot of people take it out of context and they're like well that seems really fishy that they happen to have their phone on yeah caught that at the time but but they're not thinking well if they were actually out there hunting for them they had their camera out the whole time i'm assuming because that's what i would do if i was out there trying to oh, hunt exactly. and capture a picture or something i would be ready at any time and yeah anytime you hear a, a twig snap or something you're gonna turn and just immediately go click 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 in case it's him oh, I- or her i mean bigfoot could be either or Either or, or asexual. Who knows? But, uh... Definitely cannibal, because I believe he (laughs) eats his dead. No. Anyways. (laughs) I I believe it is a uh, were-squatch. Ooh, that's a, that's a, that's a good one. That's a good, good It wasn't, uh, I'm not going to take full credit for that theory at all, because that was actually our, uh, guest judge, um, his theory, was that it's a werewolf sasquatch uh basically a, a mm. shapeshifter if you will okay um and so the reason why there's no uh actual no bodies or anything. no bodies or anything like that not because they're burying their their uh, uh the dead or anything but because they're shifting back into human form so I that's see that that's why there's that no would... proof and yeah uh, if you actually that that's a very good theory i i like that some of all and it doesn't i'm not i'm not saying it's an actual typical werewolf where there has to be a full moon but no it's no and, like, and and yeah. and some of the from that episode you know some of them we saw it didn't have to be yeah a it was a midday moon. it could be midday or whatever you know um so um with that said would you like to kind of get into things a little I would uh, love to get all snug and cuddly. Let's get it on. Alrighty. Well, I got a little background first. Um, are UFOs and aliens real? Yes. <laughs> I, I believe so, too. Yeah. Um, yes, UFOs and aliens are real, and they have been visiting Earth throughout our history. They're even here today, and they're vastly more advanced than us. A few decades ago... Belief in intelligent life outside of Earth, aliens, was still more often ridiculed than not. Today, it's a very different story. It's more absurd to not believe in it. As our understanding of other planets, the solar system, and the universe grows, we are collectively realizing that intelligent life simply must exist outside of the Earth. Which, I mean, it's pretty... Um retarded of us to think otherwise that we're it in this whole vast yeah. infinite galaxies like come on oh yeah no 100 percent. and there's proof of other galaxies and other solar systems like it, it would it's selfish and i think very uh stupid I, I, well not even just that narcissistic to think 
that we're the only people in existence. Yeah. Um, but even though attitudes are changing, there's still a fair way to go. And to, it says fair, but it's I imagine it's supposed to say actually far. <laughs> far a away. far way to go until its sincere open discussion in the mainstream becomes normal. You may be finding it difficult to under, uncover the truth on this subject with the government cover-ups, fakes. You know, there's a lot of that going on. The government never hides anything. Everything they do is out in the open. Like, <laughs> like Men in Black. Yeah, no shit. Um, but if you're hungry for the truth, don't give up. The most prominent conspiracy theory states... The Great Pyramids were built with the aid of extraterrestrial technology. Other conspiracists believed alien UFOs imparted construction knowledge on ancient Egypt in order to raise the monstrous structures. The tallest of the three pyramids, the Great Pyramid of, I'm probably going to botch this name, Khufu, looms over the city below at a height of 455 feet. The pyramid is estimated to be built from around 2,300,000 meticulously chiseled stone blocks, some of which weigh in at more than 50 tons. Interesting. Yeah, that's very crazy concerning the fact that didn't they have to uh, roll them? Um, Yeah, Um, and that's why it's believed that aliens helped build the pyramids or give the construction knowledge I mean because as advanced as we are now yeah people can look at it and mathematically figure it out and stuff but science and all that really wasn't that prominent back then no back then I don't know too much about the Egyptian culture or anything like that but back then science was very frowned upon because of religion Right, stuff right. like that. And and I'm in the same boat. I don't know a whole lot about it. Um, I would love to dig into that. Um, but that's not really a topic for this, for this pod- episode. Yeah. Or this podcast in general because it's not horror related. No, not necessarily. Uh, it, I, I feel like... It could always be a random fact, maybe. Because, uh, you know, who knows? We could be bringing the, the mummy in the future. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Universal monsters, yeah, yeah. Not, not the. I didn't like the new mummy. No, no, I didn't either. Okay, back, back but, on track. Um, <laughs> so on to my first story. Um, UFO abduction, aka the McPherson tape. Hell yeah, let's go. From 1989. This one, this one. Um, wow. Yeah, I'll get right into it because this is very interesting. First, it's going to talk a little bit about the tape, and then we're going to get into what people believed and what happened in the tape. Okay. So, hope you're ready to for this roller coaster of emotions. Of emotion, I've heard a little bit about the story, but they haven't, so I'm down. Let's get into it. All right, so on October 8th, 1983... Michael Van Hesse of Northwoods, Connecticut, was videotaping his niece's birthday party when the family gathering was interrupted by a series of unexplained events. The power was cut to their home, 
Red lights appeared in the night sky. Michael and his older brothers, Tommy and Patrick, climbed a hill to investigate an apparent plane crash. But what they found was no normal plane. They were spotted by three figures that can only be described as alien greys. The brothers fled home to warn their family and arm themselves as the night wore on. The family was targeted by a series of increasingly strange attacks. Footsteps scuttled along the roof. Something tried to force its way into their home. And one by one, the family members began to fall into a hypnotic state. In 1989, the Manhesse video, part of a government investigation on UFO and extraterrestrial sightings, was made available to the public under the Freedom of Information Act. The members of the Van Hesse family were never seen nor heard from again. So that's the... Oh, wow. That, that's, uh, that's talking about the story. I saw this. When, when it was when it came out, when it was shown on TV, I saw this. And, and it's true form and all of yes, its glory. Yes, all of its glory. There was a huge like warning disclaimer at the beginning. Um, those faint of heart. Uh, not for children under the age of like 17, I think it said. Which I was like 12 or maybe 10 when I saw it. So. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, so you can imagine. And it aired at night. At least, at least here in Washington State. It, it was at night when we saw it. So it was dark like it is now. And in the the film that they showed, the footage that they showed, it was nighttime. So, you know, it kind of added to the, the scary factor. See, and I almost wonder, because you remember in the movie Signs, they showed that, uh, that news broadcast... It's very, very sounds similar. <laughs> yeah. So now, 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 now that you know what the video is about, the footage is about, we're going to explain a little. Awesome. So, or at least that's what a surprising number of people still believe happened, thanks to the authentic nature of this mockumentary. In 1988, the 25-year-old Dean Alito, who also played Michael, the cameraman, set out to direct the most realistic alien abduction movie ever made. In this, he succeeded. When UFO Abduction was released, there was nothing quite like it. It had more in common with the Patterson-Gimlin footage of Bigfoot <laughs> than Close Encounters of the Third Kind. It wasn't the first found footage horror film, Cannibal Holocaust, Manson Family Movies, the never mentioned when this stuff comes up in Japanese snuff films. Uh, anyways, but this film that was set to mold for every Blair Witch Project and paranormal activity to come from the stark white title card opening introducing unedited footage <laughs> to the cameraman being badgered for continuing to film during the horrifying events and even the finale disturbing final disturbing image that signals the end of the tape the movie was shot in one continuous take on 8 millimeter film using improv actors eldest brother Eric is a family man who considers himself man of the house now that his father has passed and worries about his mother's drinking 
Jason seems to be closing in on his class reunion and unable to give up his role as a high school bully. Michael, the cameraman, lives at home with his mom and is teased for being a bit of a lazy mooch. Some of the acting is pretty bad, especially when they get overexcited, but I love how dismayed the grandmother was to hear they'd hit an alien. Aw, he shot? Ma Van Hesse has reactions that could not even have been scripted. When her son's carrying an alien body, she's worried about the carpets. And when they discover the body is gone from where they left it, she scolds, Great. Just great. What are we going to do? It's loose in the house. <laughs> Reviewing this movie is damn near impossible. Whether or not this thing scares you depends on whether or not you believe the footage is real. UFO abduction is far less manipulative than modern found footage films. It rarely dips into the usual bag of tricks. It's light on jump scares and heavy on scenes of people sitting around in their living room eating and playing cards because most of the footage is so dull it helps create the illusion of reality. By being realistic, it makes people believe. And if you actually believed in this thing, it'd be downright horrifying. But unless you maintain a UFO conspiracy site, you're probably looking for entertainment, and there's not much of that to be found here. Some of the dialogue is amusing, but most of it is just worried ad-lib chatter. The extent, the extended scene of people sitting around playing Go Fish starts to feel like a family guy riffing on repetition. A thrill ride, this ain't... By the time the credits roll, you start to wish they'd considered the whole thing unedited footage thing. This is a script that would never make it past today's critics. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it was the first found footage mockumentary film. But it was played out like it was real uh, when when it aired. And it only aired once. And then it disappeared. Like, you, you couldn't find this thing anywhere. Well, now you can find it. And, and it goes into some of that on here. Dino Ito set out to make the most realistic alien abduction movie ever made. Not only did he achieve his goal, he also created the template for every found footage success from Cloverfield to Grave Encounters. Even Signs owes much to this movie. The rural family home besieged by aliens, footsteps on the roof, aliens trying to force their way down the chimney, and let's not forget everybody's favorite scene, Joaquin Phoenix reacting to genuine home video footage of aliens attacking a family at a child's birthday party. (laughs) Sound familiar? Yeah, it does. Huh. Yeah. Long after Dino Ito went on record that UFO abduction was not real, debate rages about the authenticity of the tape. His 1998 UPN remake only added fuel to the fire. To this day, some conspiracy theorists believe the remake was aired to discredit the original, while Cannibal Holocaust, Blair Witch Project, and the War of the Worlds radio play were able to temporarily fuel fool people. UFO abduction continues to be brought up on paranormal conspiracy message boards and YouTube videos treated like a real event that UFO abductions, contributions to found footage, 
the most successful horror subgenre since slasher films have gone unnoticed isn't surprising, but that people still believe in the authenticity of the tape 25 years later, that is very damn impressive. Yeah, it is, and honestly, it wouldn't really surprise me that the government would try to cover it up. Right. Or something like that, you know? Yeah, and and then that's one of the things, is that it's believed that it's a government cover-up, you know? Which, it's been said, you know, if if you want to hide something from the public, you hide it in plain view. You put it out there on TV and media everywhere to where people think, oh, that could never happen. That just happens with the movies. Yeah. And then it fucking happens, and then you're dead. <laughs> right? I mean, look at iRobot, the artificial intelligent ter- Terminator, you know, that mm. kind of stuff. When those movies were made, um, what it, it, it just downplays AI when it's really there and it's, like, oh, yeah, dude, happening. Uh, I've seen videos. You can look it up on YouTube or whatever, and there are AI robots. robots. Huh? The sex robots, yeah, but those weren't <laughs> necessarily AI. Those were re- those were programmed to do what they were supposed to do. Um, no, but yeah. there's an actual mm-hmm. artificial intelligence that's in development. At see, yes. there's a difference between true artificial intelligence and you know, like artificial intelligence, like Siri. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's the difference between like Siri that has like. Knowledge base that it can, it goes to, and then real artificial to me is where it can think and process things like you and I can. Well, exactly, and there's there there is a robot out there. I can't remember her name. It's a female robot that they are uh, trying to give artificial intelligence, and she can respond and make her own. Didn't she say something like she wanted to kill all humans or yeah, some shit like that? I, I recall seeing that video. <laughs> there was, uh, if you actually I'm, I'm at, sure that was just something to, like... Yeah, it was funny. Uh, apparently, the robot thought it was a funny joke, but a lot of people <laughs> didn't like it. And I so, found it quite amusing myself. I, I did, um, and then when you... Because I was like, fuck yeah, Terminator's coming. Yeah, well, when you go and look at the uh, video afterwards, it uh, she, she's like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to scare everybody. I do not want to destroy all humans, you know, like yet. some shit like that. So yet she I, will eventually. I don't know, maybe. So yeah, that that is a complete possibility. Government cover up, you know. Yeah, shit happens. It wouldn't be the first time they've covered something up. Like I don't know, Roswell, mm. Area Fifty One. Like, come on. Yeah, shit like that. For Just sure. saying. <laughs> so, I have another story for you. This one is actually real. True account. Okay. Um, it's titled Strange Lights in Pursuit. The Hills Road Trip was spontaneous. A well-earned break, Barney decided the couple needed. As explained in the in- interpreted journey. Interrupted journey. My bad. A 1966 book they collaborated with author John G. Fuller. Barney worked a grueling night shift at the post office driving 60 miles each way. Betty's job handling state child welfare cases was no easier. The little free time this biracial couple had 
was devoted to their church and activities related to civil rights movements. After 16 months of marriage, Betty and Barney saw this trip through Montreal and Niagara Falls as their delayed honeymoon. They left so impulsively, they had no time to go to the bank before it closed for the weekend. They got in their car with less than $70 in their pockets. On the last night of their three-day trip, the tired couple sipped coffee in a Vermont diner to recharge before driving back. Barney figured if they pushed through, they could beat the wind and rains from the approaching hurricane. They left the diner around 10 p.m., estimating they would reach their red farm, red-framed house in Ports, Portsmouth, New Hampshire between 2 a.m. and 3 a.m. at the latest. As they drove, strange light in the sky gave another reason to hurry. At first, it looked like a falling star, but grew larger and brighter with each mile. Barney, an avid plane watcher and World War II vet, was sure they had nothing to worry about. It's just satellite, he assured Betty. It probably went off course. The light seemed to move with the car as Barney steered down the curving mountain road. The light zigged and zagged, ducking past the moon and behind trees and mountain ridges, only to reappear moments later. Sometimes it seemed to move toward them in a game of cat and mouse. It had been an illusion, they thought. Maybe the car's movement made it seem like the light was, light too, was moving. Curiosity overcame them. The cover, couple pulled over at road stops and picnic turnouts to get a closer look. Through binoculars, Betty saw that the white light was really an object spinning in the air. Barney, she told her husband, if you think that's a satellite or a star, you, you're being completely ridiculous. He knew she was right. Barney had an IQ of 140, noted <laughs> Fuller in his book. Barney was also pragmat a pragmatic man who wouldn't give flying saucers a second thought. Remembered his niece, Kathleen Martin, in her work, captured the Betty and Barney Hill experience. The night was too quiet for a helicopter, a commercial plane, or even a military jet with a hot shot pilot. He didn't want to spook Betty, but he was becoming concerned that this light and why, what was this light and why was it toying with them? About 70 miles past the diner, the object hovered just above the treetops, approximately 100 feet above them. Barney abruptly stopped the car, keeping the engine running. He shoved a handgun he'd hidden beneath the seat into his pocket and rushed into the dark field, leaving Betty in the car. What he saw was as big as a jet, but as round and flat as a pancake. My God, what is that thing? He recalled thinking, this can't be real. Behind rows of windows, gray uniformed beings seemed to look right at him, Barney recalled. He tried to lift his hand to his pistol, but somehow couldn't. A voice told him not to pull, not to put down his binoculars. He had a startling thought. We're about to be captured. Yelling hysterically, he ran back to the car and barreled down the road as Betty tracked the craft 
craning her head outside the car window. Without explanation, loud rhythmic beeps sounded from the car's trunk. The couple felt instantly drowsy and lost consciousness. They came to around two hours later and 35 miles down the road. Damn. Yeah, like crazy. Um, an image depicting an alien spaceship at 200 feet, 100 feet above the Earth's surface drawn... Why is this even here? I'm sorry, people. There's, there's like some stupid little thing that was from a picture. And it's talking about the picture, so it totally threw me off. Again, sorry. <laughs> Back home in Portsmouth, Portsmouth, they tried to make sense of the night. Barney felt compelled to examine his body's lower half. Both seemed aware of a puzzling presence. In the weeks and months after, Betty, an avid reader, checked out books from the library discovering the Civilian UFO gr Group National Investigators Committee on Aerial Phenomena. She also reported the sighting to the Air Force, Worried about radiation, in coming years with Betty suffering from disturbing dreams and Barney developing an ulcer and anxiety, the couple sought mental help. Sought out mental help. The two met with Benjamin Simon, a psychiatrist and neurologist who specialized in hypnosis, a mainstream technique at the time. Through months and of weeks sessions, Simon helped the couple piece together what they think had happened. A vessel had landed on the hill's car, putting them to sleep. After Gray's, gray beings walked them up a long ramp into the spacecraft, once inside the hills were separated, taking turns in an examination room that had curved walls and a large light hanging from the ceiling. Each was asked to climb up on the metal table. The table was short, Barney's legs hung over the side. During the examinations, the beings removed Betty and Barney's clothes, plucked strands of their hair, took clippings of their nails, and scraped their skin. Each sample was placed in a clear, on a clear material, not unlike a glass slide. Needles connected to long wires probed their heads, arms, legs, and spines. One large needle, around four to six inches long, was inserted inserted into Betty's belly. This pregnancy test left her twisting in pain. Throughout a being, Barney and Betty called the leader watched from the side. But after Betty's examination ended, the beings rushed back into her room, excited. They discovered that Barney's teeth could be removed. Betty laughed, explaining that Barney had dentures, a fact of human aging, and the, being in, the beings struggled to understand. Yeah, that's like being a little two-year-old kid and seeing your grandpa remove his false teeth for the first time or something, yeah. you know? <laughs> <laughs> Nasty. Later, alone with the leader, Betty asked where the craft had flown, admitting she knew little of the universe. The being joked with her, saying, If you don't know where you are, there wouldn't be any point in telling you where I am. Later, under hypnosis, she drew a star map shown to her on the ship. In 1965, the Hill story was picked up by a Boston newspaper. After that, everything changed. The quiet couple's story became the subject of a best-selling book and a movie starring James Earl Jones. The upstanding civil servants had become celebrities, celebrity abductees. The Hills weren't the first to spot 
a UFO, or even to report an abduction. But their story did capture the nation's imagination and was so widely publicized. It helped shape how we talk about alien encounters and abductions to this day. Experts of all stripes have tried to explain why intelligent, otherwise mentally stable people came forward with these experiences. Many psychologists say sleep paralysis and hallucinogenesis. I'm sorry, I gotta take a drink. Getting a little bit of dry mouth there? Just a little bit. I mean, this is a long story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one, but... Yeah, it is. I, I'm very interested. Yeah. Um, hallucinogenics. Hallucinogenics. Um, I lost my spot on the page. Um, played a role. Leading questions during hypnosis, the main way most abductees unlock their stories, could also have been a factor. Abductee stories depend on first-hand accounts, the most vulnerable form of evidence. Memories can be distorted by stress or distraction or even manufactured. When a false memory is in place, psychologists say the brain works to fill in the details. Psychologist Michael Shermer points to uh, Pattern City. I don't know what that is. The tendency to see patterns even when none exist, helping us... To see faces in clouds or assume that one event caused another. Of course, another explanation is always possible. The abduction actually occurred. The Hills struck, stuck by their story despite years of skeptics and distractors. Like many abductees, the couple never felt false memory or sleep paralysis explained what they had experienced. Betty became known became a known voice in UFO research and claimed she was visited multiple times in the decades to follow. Damn. Yeah. That, I mean, wow. And that's a, that's a like it says, a well-known story. It's a big, big one. I mean, wh- what's your, what's your thoughts? Thoughts on it? Honestly? See, I believe in uh, aliens and like UFO sightings and stuff like that but at the same time like it's how far do I want to take that belief you know what I mean right yeah and, and for me I think for me it's um, when it comes from people who aren't seeking fame I think those are the most credible because they're not after anything in particular versus like the Patterson film which was mentioned yeah earlier uh, the Patterson film is the famous Bigfoot footage, found footage, that was a complete hoax. The guys admitted to it years later. I don't know. You know they could were, still they were, be real. No, I'm just kidding. They were after fame, you know. And, yeah. And the guy showed how he did it. Well, you know, and so they were after fame. Whereas, like stuff like this, where they their story became famous because it was so weird and it, so out there. Yeah, it was so but unknown. They weren't, they weren't looking for fame. Which I kind of and then to top it off, you know, there were civil servants, a postal worker, and a um, child welfare worker, caseworker. Yeah. See, I I I, I lost my thought. Um, <laughs> oh, like uh, using hypnosis and stuff like that to be able to uh, recall the events that was happening. I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, I also think that uh, it's, I don't know, it's just very weird. 
It is. It is. Um, and it, it's a touchy thing because, I mean, there's people that believe the world is flat. Yeah, those people are retarded. No, I don't right? care. Flat earthers? Like, what the fuck? Like, get the Come fuck out of here. Why don't you uh, go fall off the face of the fucking earth? <laughs> right? Go to the edge and then jump over. Like, because you can see it when you look along at the horizon. Have you ever been to the ocean beach and, like, looked out into the ocean? Yeah. Like, it, you could see it's, curvature. It's curved. Yeah. The, Those know, people are stupid. Uh, uh, yeah, like, I, I'm sorry. Fucking I, I, weirdos. Yeah, I get it. Sorry if any of our 28 listeners are a flat earther. We just we're sorry by to 10. Lose, no, we're we're sorry to lose you as a listener. <laughs> uh, don't I take mean, it, we, we hope not, but... Yeah. Don't, you know, don't take it too, 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 offense, uh, too offense to that. Uh, it's just, just our opinion. And uh, yours, you're, you're, which is obviously wrong. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to go with. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. I, I I feel like there's some truth to the story for sure, but I don't know. Like, I would have to be, and I, I hate to be that guy. I I want to. I, I would have to want to be able to experience that uh, in order for me to full on just straight up believe it because I right it, it's hard like and I I think it's very interesting and intriguing like I do believe but there's just so many stories that are out the there the truth is out there Mulder <laughs> all right Scully <laughs> <laughs> no actually I'd be Mulder you'd be Scully I don't know because I'm a little more believing in this than you are <laughs> well okay fair. Um. See, I don't know. And Mulder was the fun one. I'm definitely the fun one. Scully was kind of. She was. Yeah. She was hot. She was hot for sure. <clears throat> but anyway, back on track. Um. No, I just I. I don't know. I love that show, by the way. What X Files? Fuck yeah. Yeah, I, I love that show. Pretty good. Pretty good show. Badass. But I don't know. I, very very interesting. So, are you ready for some more interesting stuff? I got. I got some UFO sightings. Yeah, sightings. Let's some actual sightings. All right. The USS Nimitz encounter in 2004. On November 14th, 2004, the USS Princeton, part of the USS Nimitz carrier strike group, noted an unknown craft on radar 100 miles off the coast of San Diego for two weeks. The crew had been tracking objects that appeared at... 80,000 feet, and then plummeted to hover right above the ocean. When two F-A-18F fighter jets from the aircraft carrier USS Nimitz arrived in the area, they first saw what appeared to be churning water, with a shadow of an oval shape underneath the surface. Then, in a few moments, a white tic-tac-shaped object appeared above the water, it had no visible markings to indicate an engine, wings, or windows. And infrared monitors didn't reveal any exhaust. Black Aces Commander David Forever and Lieutenant Commander Jim Slate of Strike Fighter Squadron 41 attempted to intercept the craft, but it accelerated away, reappearing on radar, radar 60 miles away. It moved three times the speed of sound, and more than twice the speed of fighter jets. Jesus Christ. Yeah. No, and and this is a government thing, you know, like the the fact that they reported it, I mean that to me stands out and that that seems a little more credible. I mean, these guys look at 
radar images all the time, the guys that look at the radar, and the fighter jets. I mean, they know... But yeah, they have radar built into most of their aircrafts. So. Well, the guys that fly jets, I mean, they know how planes fly, you know, how they react in the atmosphere and everything, and they have a pretty good idea of, like, what kind of aircraft's out there. Yeah. So, I uh, also have another one. The lights above the New Jersey Turnpike in 2001. It takes a lot for motorists to stop alongside a highway and look towards the sky. But on July 14th, 2001, drivers of the New Jersey Turnpike did just that. For around 15 minutes, just after midnight, they marveled at the sight of a strange orange and yellow lights in a V formation over the Arthur Kill waterway between Staten Island, New York, and Carteret, New Jersey. Carteret Police Department's Lieutenant Daniel was one of the witnesses, as well as other metro area residents from the Throgs Neck Bridge in Long Island and Fort Lee. New Jersey, near the George Washington Bridge, air traffic controllers initially denied that any airplanes, military jets, or space flights could have caused the mysterious flights. But a group known as the New York Strange Phenomena Investigators claimed to receive FAA radar data that corroborated the UFO sightings from that night. So, Alien Nemo. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Where's Nemo? <laughs> we found him in the sky. Yeah, there that he bitch, is. That bitch could fly. <laughs> no wonder dad couldn't fight him. I have one more. Um, this one's going to be a little bit weirder. We'll see. Uh, like weird. Yeah, I know. We, we definitely specialize in weird. Um, interesting. Interesting. What's going on, Buckaroo? Um, 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 well, it seems like I actually might be missing a page here. Oh, man, you did the same shit last I, week. It's my goddamn printer, okay? So why don't you talk for a second while I pull up my saved file? So what do you want me to talk about? Just Aliens and UFOs, duh. Aliens and UFOs. You know, actually, uh, you know, it's funny. I was going to bring this up later. Since you're fuck up, I might as well just bring it up now. Um, so, back in like 2015, 2016, I thought I could have... No, 2016. I, I could have sworn that I saw something. And I'm not going to say it was a UFO. I'm going to say it was an... Well, I guess uh, technically you can say it was a UFO. Because UFO is just an unidentified flying object. Which is exactly what the fuck it was. Basically, Correct. what it was was a... Almost... I don't... It was a triangle-shaped thing with lights all around it. And that's exactly what depictions... What I've looked up in the past also and currently for this uh, episode was that... Uh, depictions of a Dorito shaped uh, spaceship um, has been shown but yeah this thing that I saw back in 2016 was just fucking zigzagging 
back and forth and it scared the living shit out of me because it was uh back at that time i lived right next to where the airport was in our hometown and uh oh, yeah i remember the house yeah back over on uh what was it uh seventh avenue yeah something like that yeah. yeah anyway and and this thing was just fucking zigzagging and when i was watching it it looked like i shit you not it was close it had no sound like uh because i i've seen it helicopters around here and they're fucking loud like you can hear them oh, blocks yeah. away oh yeah and uh you know same thing with airplanes and stuff like that but this thing literally silent and it was just you know zig 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 zag and then boom gone damn and it was really fucking weird but so, all right well i found my page finally making me tell stories well i didn't i found it a while Shit. ago i didn't want to interrupt your story oh fair that, enough. that's interesting um next we're gonna go to the bermuda triangle hell yeah let's get lost <laughs> Bermuda Triangle could be home to an underwater alien base, which would explain the a spate of mysterious disappearances conspiracy theorists have claimed. Uh, this was written by Sean Martin, published uh, Saturday, November 11th, 2017. I'm not sure why that's too important, but yeah. Yeah, whatever. Up to a thousand people have disappeared in the Bermuda Triangle, leaving experts stumped to offer up an explanation. But alien enthusiasts believe that they may now have the answer and claim that extraterrestrials could be to blame. Late conspiracy theorist Charles Berlitz wrote in his book, his, wrote in his book The Bermuda Triangle, aliens could be responsible for the disappearance of Flight 19. On December 5th, 1945, five military planes lost contact with the base in a training routine near Florida. Jesus. Yeah. Um, Flight 19 disappeared over Bermuda Triangle in 1945. The planes were never found, along with the 14 men on board, and a further 13 crew members vanished when a search party was sent out for them. There appeared to be no logical explanation, which got the conspiracy theorists thinking in the thinking. In the book, Mr. Berlitz wrote, Lacking a logical and readily acceptable explanation, independent researchers concerned with the disappearances in the Bermuda Triangle have gone even further afield, some to explanations based on Exceptions to natural law, other suggestions of interdimensional changeover through a passageway equivalent to a hole in the sky, which aircraft can enter but not leave. Others believe the disappearances are engineered by entities from inner or outer space, but reports of aliens in Bermuda Triangle go back much further in time than this. Up to a thousand people have been reported missing in the Bermuda Triangle while Christopher Columbus was on the brink of discovering America in 19... In 1492, he allegedly saw a UFO in the waters near Bermuda. An entry into his log on October 11, 1492, read, The land was first seen by a sailor called Rodrigo del... Well, whatever. Can't pronounce his last name. Although the Admiral... At 10 o'clock that evening, standing on the quarter deck, saw a light, but so small a body 
that he could not affirm it to be land. Calling to Peru, groom of the king's wardrobe, he told him he saw a light, then bid him to look that way, which he did and saw. He did the same to Rodrigo of whatever. I, I, I can't pronounce some of these words. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Whom the king and queen had sent with the squadron as a comptroller, but he was unable to see it from his situation. The admiral again perceived it once or twice, appearing like the light of a wax candle moving up and down, which some thought an indication of land, but the admiral held it for certain that land was not near. And that limited sense, or at least the odd light, is a true UFO. Most mysterious places on the planet. Thursday, February 16, 2017. Bermuda Triangle, Area 51. These are some of the most mysterious places on Earth that nobody can explain. Oh, wow. Yeah, very interesting that there's actually a log journal from 1492. Yeah, that's pretty badass. But it, actually, it's not that surprising, though. Um, yeah, they saw a lot of unexplained stuff back then and that we can now attribute to actual living creatures or whatever, like the Kraken. Yeah. You know, there are actual giant squid that live in the deep depths of the ocean. Uh, yeah, very, very, very true. Above um, Shark Week. Well, the thing that gets me the most is that, so you know how I was talking about earlier, the spacecrafts almost being, uh, well, they're triangular in, yeah. in some instances. Well, it's called the B- Bermuda Triangle. Right? So I mean, that's, that's pretty fitting there. It's pretty sus, if you ask me. Definitely sus. <laughs> so on that note, um, I'm... I'm done with my stories here little buddy so so why don't we take a quick little little break so yeah okay yeah no for sure let's take a quick little break then when we come back you can uh tell me some of your stories sounds like a plan so thank you guys and let's get on and listen to our sponsor anchor and we're back welcome back everybody that was a good uh, that was a good break yeah it was <laughs> man and uh yeah so it's time to delve in into my story and i have a lot more information as well to give um and yeah we're going back to the biblical times not in the story but in the info that i have nice i'm excited for this yeah definitely uh so the first story and uh i should just say the (laughs) the story that i got today is called the travis walton abduction uh Travis, uh, the Travis Walton abduction is one of the most controversial cases in ufology, yet one of the most compelling. The events of Walton's abduction began on November 5, 1975 in, in the Arizona Apache uh, Sick Greaves National, For- National Forest. I probably fucked that up, but oh well. Uh, Walton was one of the one of seven men crew, uh, seven man crew that was clearing trees on a government contract. After the end of the workday, all of the crew was jumped into Foreman Mike Rogers' pickup truck and began their trip home. As they drove, they were shocked to see by the side of the road a luminous object shaped like a flattened disc. 
Uh, Travis, still young and fearless, was enthralled by the object's presence and left the truck to get a better look against the better wishes of his crewmates. As he gazed up at the wonder of the object, a blue beam hit him, throwing him to the earth, creating fear in in the other six men. Uh, They roared away uh, in the truck for a distance, but then realizing they had left Travis behind and he might need help. They turned the truck around and headed back to him, find I'm sorry, him. Man. No, you're I'm good. so sorry. That, They're like, Jesus Christ. Get down the road and then, oh, shit, I guess he might need help. Yeah, that's... <laughs> so there's seven witnesses to this account, but pretty fucked up, if you ask me. Yeah. Um, Walton was gone when they went back. Uh. Uh, the men left the scene and returned to the small town of Snowflake, where they made a report to the police. They first talked to De- Deputy Elson and then Sheriff Marlin Gip- uh, Gilipsy, uh, who stated that the men were sincerely distressed. The policemen and the crew members went back to the scene with flashlights and searched for Travis again, but again without results. They decided to come back the next morning and search again with the aid of daylight. Little did any of the members... Uh, of the search know they were to be players in one of the largest manhunts in Arizona history. Uh, very soon the case would break into the national media. The small town in Arizona would literally be overrun by researchers, newspaper writers, UFO buffs, and other interested individuals. After several days of using men on foot, men in four-wheel drive vehicles or four-wheelers, uh, sent dogs and even helicopters no sign of Walton was found. Temperatures dropped rapidly at night, and there was a fear that Walton, injured by the beam and lying somewhere disoriented, would not survive. Finally, law enforcement began to follow another line of the investigation and possible motive of murder. Um, thinking that there might be a bad blood between Travis and another crewmate, law enforcement began to evaluate the credibility of the men involved in the clearing contract, finally yielding to demands uh, to take uh, polygraph examinations. All of the men passed the test, except for one inconclusive, that being Alan Dallas. Uh, Police personnel, uh, after background checks and interviews with the men decided that there was no cause to believe that the men were covering up a fight or even murder uh ruling out foul play that only left one possibility was it possible that the crazy story the men were telling was true as rumors ran rampant and theories were discussed back and forth five days after his disappearance travis walton returned uh travis stated consciousness returned to me on the night i awoke to find myself on the cold pavement west of heber arizona i was lying on my stomach my head on my right forearm cold air brought me instantly awake he was rescued from a small filing station a filling station sorry hungry thirsty dirty weak and feeble he was taken for medical examination now that some questions uh, had been answered another one was created where had Walton been for the last five days Travis would later tell investigators that the very last thing that he could recall was the feeling of being thrown backward into the forest after that nothing nothing that is until he woke 
a frozen uh, awoke frozen in pain and thirsty and finally he could make out an image of some kind of light and then realized that he was on a table like an examining table in a hospital walton thought at first he had been found by the crew and taken to the hospital uh this assumption was far from the truth he is lying on the table but it was a table in a strange room finally able to clear his vision he would be utterly shocked to see a horrible creature these uh three horrible beings were in the room with him looking at him he tried to lunge at one and push it away when he did the creature went flying across the room he would see several different types of aliens during his time abroad what must have been the flying object that had thrown the blue the blue beam at him in the forest Travis would be subjected to numerous medical procedures during his stay on the UFO. Although, uh, yeah, no, that, so that's it. Wow. Um, actually, <clears throat> there's more. I was just kidding. <laughs> oh, there's more? Yeah. Um, but wait, there's more. So, it, 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 there was a statement that he left. Okay. It was many years ago that I got out of the crew truck in the National Forest and ran toward a large glowing UFO hovering in the darkening Arizona sky. But when I made that fateful choice to leave the truck, I was behind uh, for forever all semblance of a normal life, running headlong toward an experience so overwhelmingly mind-bending in its effects, so devastating in its aftermath, that my life would never, could never be the same again and so that was that was the last statement that he put out about the experience that he had wow that's crazy so so yeah no what are your thoughts on that man well first off the fact that they left him like that that's funny as (laughs) shit honestly but he disappeared for five days i mean yeah wow that's you know five days later he was like hey hey guys i'm hungry thirsty Feed me, bitches. <laughs> yeah, no, that like, was that, that's that's crazy. Isn't that just just something else? Like, and and they literally a huge like Arizona's like biggest manhunt in history, just for this guy who, to have nothing, who's no partying with some aliens. I don't know, have some alien sex and stuff. It didn't say alien sex, but it hey, didn't. I can imply what I want. Yeah, I guess you and your little imagination can. <laughs> it sure the fuck can. <laughs> um, but um, asides from that, I actually have uh, different things that were depicted in. Okay, uh, I'm probably gonna get a lot of fucking hate for this. Probably, but uh, that's what we're here for to have fun. Fuck it. So, um, a lot of things depicted as alien and UFO type in the Bible. Wow. Um, really? So, yeah, taking it back to I, biblical I'm, times. Jeez, I mean, this really got my interest here. So, these are all scriptures that can be depicted and were, uh, you know, taken out of the Bible, and people looked at it like, oh. That could have been a UFO. And so these are I, I, these are very subjective, but I, okay. I, I don't know. Just take a listen. So a UFO described as a, front, a flying scroll. And Zechariah 5.1, I looked again, and there before me was a flying scroll. He asked me, what do you see? I answered, I see a flying scroll 20 cubits long and 10 cubits wide. Um, so I don't remember what cubit. Okay, I was getting ready to ask that. So. Um but it, I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be big. Okay, um, it sounds big. It 
<laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> anyway. I knew that was coming. Um, then we have UFOs described as a cloud, a pillar of a cloud, or a pillar of fire. Okay. Um, in Exodus thirteen twenty one, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them away, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, to go by day and night. Uh, he Exodus thirteen twenty two. He took not away from uh, oh not not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night uh, from before the people, and the angel of God which went before the camp of Israel removed and went behind them, and the pillar of the cloud went from uh, before their face and stood behind them. Uh, damn, God huh. just got them bars. It's all interesting, man. Um, then we got. Uh, and it came to pass that in the morning, watch the Lord looked onto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's just a lot of stuff wow. like that. Like probably the most famous UFO of all, the Star of Beth- Bethlehem, um, which was depicted as a UFO. Um, so Jesus could be a hybrid no, no, no. I'm um, just saying. I mean, maybe. Uh, he he was implanted in I, I, Mary, I, I, and uh, actually, I that would she gave birth to him, yeah. and he's just a hybrid. And this is why he could have these powers that he seemed to have. Maybe. Hmm. Um. I and s- when he was resurrected, he was just a alien clone. <laughs> yeah. That's, just a theory I'm putting out there. That's a good. My theory. own thoughts. Um. It's saying where. Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them uh, diligently what time the star appeared. Uh, When they had heard the king, they departed and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. Uh, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exciting great joy. So, l- kind of like in a- alien abductions and cases like that, people don't feel necessarily scared. They actually feel an overwhelmingly sense of calm and yeah. and just peace. Mm-hmm. Like, the, it's, it's okay kind of thing. Right. Because um, they drug you. In maybe. Your mind. Uh, this is a UFO described as a whirlwind in the Bible. And I looked, and behold, a a whirlwind came out of the north, a great cloud, and a fire enfolding itself, and a brightness was about it, and out of the midst uh, thereof as the color of amber out of the midst of the fire. Wow. So, it's it's stuff like that. Um, That's that's interesting. I mean... Yeah, it's pretty badass. I I also have uh, different uh, UFO and encounters okay. um, throughout uh, history. So this is in Aurora, Texas. It's a UFO crash in 1897. Ooh. Uh, one of the most famous legends concerns the alleged crash of a UFO in the small rural town of Aurora, Texas. A report in the Dallas Morning News stated that the deceased body of a Martian was found in the wreckage and later buried in a local cemetery, though some believe uh, the story was a hoax uh, concocted by Aurora resident who 
hoped it would stir interest in the town. The legend has persisted. An historical marker can be found outside of the graveyard where the alien is allegedly buried to this day. Damn. Like, why has nobody dug this alleged alien up? I know. I I, I feel like, like come on. Like back, that, that's what I would have done. Back then I feel like grave robbers and stuff like that would have at least tried something. Yeah, you'd think somebody would have tried. But no, it's still there to this day. You can go allegedly. Visit it. Allegedly still there. I would honestly I would probably talk to the town and be like, Let me dig this up. <laughs> like well, yeah. They probably have some sort of clause in there saying that nobody is allowed to ever dig it up. Some bullshit. If you do it's probably like a skeleton of a cow or some shit Be like, <laughs> he's God like my favorite horse died so I, I i couldn't just like leave him out to rot so i buried him true and i they made up this story that it's actually an alien the martian martian um then we have a uh, going to 1942 the battle of los angeles uh, shortly after the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor, the city of Los Angeles was subject to an apparent air raid. On the night of February 24th, sirens sounded throughout the city, and the anti-aircraft uh, munitions were fired into the sky, killing three civilians. Later, after the incident was revealed to be a false alarm, the U.S. Army said that a weather balloon had been mistaken for an enemy aircraft. Others claimed that the attack was a reaction to the appearance of a UFO. Oh my Jesus Christ! Like they're just like my bad guys. We we, we killed some people, but you know yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it's all right. We thought it was an enemy aircraft, and turns out it was just a weather balloon. My bad guys. Yeah, we don't carry on. Fucked up, Aaron. Jesus. Um, so the next one was in uh, 1951. It's called the Lubbock Lights. Uh, one night in 1951, a group of Texas Tech professors saw a strange group of lights racing over Lubbock, Texas. The sighting was reported to authorities, and the local Air Force denied that any planes were flying that night. 18-year-old Carl Hart Jr. took five photographs of the l- fast-moving objects, which became known as the Lubbock Lights. Hmm. Um, then we have the Kelly Knox uh, Hop... Hopin... Fuck, I can't talk. The Kelly Hop... Hopkinsville. There we go. I finally got it. Encounter. I couldn't... Today, Junior. Yeah, fuck you. Anyway, one of the most bizarre accounts of alleged alien contact on record is the Kelly Hop... Hippity Hop encounter, which took place in Kentucky, according to witnesses. Small alien beings attacked the Sutton family farmhouse on the night of august 12 1955 family members shot at the beings without producing any effect they claimed that the creatures had claw-like hands and large ears uh, some ufologists believe them though skeptics say it's more likely that the family was visited by horned owls <laughs> <laughs> um and then we have another incident and uh ren uh, Rendell Sham Forest incident in 1980. In 1980, several strange lights were reportedly seen near uh, Rendell Sham Forest in England. Uh, military police were sent to investigate them. According to a memo, they discovered a UFO-like object on the ground. One officer moved forward to touch it, causing the object to allegedly move away through the forest. The truth of the incident is still debated to this day, with some insisting that it was all a hoax. Sounds like a hoax to me. I mean, it could definitely well be. Um, And then we have the Phoenix Lights. 
1997. And you spent some time in Arizona, didn't you? Yeah, I lived there for a little bit. You didn't see anything? Or did they have any UFO kind of shit? Or? Not that I witnessed. Yeah, because you guys were actually in Phoenix, right? Uh, no. We we lived in little suburbs outside of Phoenix. Uh, Mesa oh, okay. and Tempe. Over uh, Tempe? Tempe. 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 Sorry. Tempe, Tempe. I, I, the pronunciation's weird to anybody, even well, me. Yeah, I, okay, fair. College town. It was great. <laughs> Damn college girls. I'm just kidding. The bus. The bus. I took the bus a lot. <laughs> All right. Okay, so we got Because the f- my car was broke down. Well, shit. Yeah. Don't fucking up. So this is in 1997. So, uh... Definitely not then. But uh, in 1997, a huge circular object allegedly moved over the city of Phoenix and surrounding areas. Numerous photographs and the abundance of video and film make this one of the best documented cases in UFO history. Eyewitnesses accounts describe a large, slow-moving UFO shaped like a triangle. Bermuda Triangle, anyone? Yeah, we're going. I'm telling you, it's the Dorito shape. It's very the Dorito saucer. The Dorito saucer. <laughs> it's aerodynamic. And so this one, uh, a little bit more recent. Uh, it's in Needles, California, UFO incident in 2008. Um, an alleged UFO crash of Needles, California, became the subject of an episode of UFO Hunters. Six witnesses claimed they saw a strange object with a turquoise glow appear on May 14, 2008 with one witness adding that the object was followed by a series of helicopters. Since that night, numerous people have searched the area for a crash site, hoping to find evidence of otherworldly life. Skeptics believe the UFO was likely an unnamed military aircraft, possibly part of a secret weapons program. Of course, they always take it that way. Yeah. Well, yeah, and obviously the government's not going to say that it's a secret weapon, but they're probably going to say, oh, yeah, we were practicing our uh, aircrafts. It was a new model, you know, some shit like that. They've said, over the years, they have said shit like that. So I don't know how believable it really is. Yeah, I mean, who knows? But, yeah, so that's what I got for right now. Interesting stuff. I mean, aliens are out there. They're always watching. Yeah. It's like fucking Santa Claus. Ho, 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 bitches. Motherfucker. Anyway. <laughs> so be careful on those late night drives out in the woods. Those strange lights floating just above the hill in the distance. Or those unexplained losses of time. Because you never know if you're the next alien abduction victim. So sleep tight. Don't let the aliens get you. And always be mindful of your fearful, fearful thoughts. thoughts. Thank you, guys.